back to another episode of Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. I am Christy. And I am Beth. You know, I actually just want to start this episode off by thanking our listeners. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, thank you for joining us. And if you are a an avid listener and you've listened to more of our episodes, thank you for coming back. Yes, we appreciate each and every one of you. Obviously, y'all are the reason we do this. So we hope somebody's out there listening to That's us. That's right. And, and I'm thankful we haven't scared you off yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought um, about doing like unsolicited advice, like just, uh, just doing where we just give advice. Not that anybody asked for it, but I was <laughs> laughing to myself the other day thinking, maybe we should just do like our, our life advice because mine and yours might be very different. Yeah, true. But that would just be funny. Be like, here's some life advice you didn't ask for. Maybe we should do an episode of that. I don't know why I thought of that. That would be just fun. Let's about, do it. Yeah. I mean, it. It, you know, people don't have to listen to it if they don't want to. <laughs> I think you said, I'm glad we haven't scared you off yet. And I'm like, yeah, we probably will. <laughs> we could do this episode. <laughs> well, you know, we're just keeping it real. That's something that we said when we first started this podcast uh-huh. is we just we just want to keep it real. Mm. I mean, the name of the podcast is Life Authentic. So mm. that kind of gives it away, you know, and that's kind of what we're about, too, is just like having the courage to live your life authentically. Yeah. And if people like you, they do. If they don't, then oh well. That, and that doesn't mean we, we talked I know, about this I earlier. know what you're about to say, but <laughs> that doesn't mean living your life yeah. authentically yeah. as a steaming pile of garbage, as you yeah. say sometimes, yeah. but it's living your life authentically as like the best version of yourself. Right, right. And, you know, you and I encourage each other to do that all the time. And we really try to do that. And I really my prayer is that we can encourage our listeners to do the same thing. So, yeah, being authentic doesn't mean that you're bad all the time and you can just be authentically bad or that you're good all the time and your eyes are authentically good. I think it means that you are being who you really are in order to be the best person that you can be. Yes. And sometimes that's bad and sometimes that's good. But if you're constantly trying to, you know, embrace this, the parts that are good and work on the parts that are bad, I mean, you're still being your authentic self. That's right. Well, that's all part of it because none of us are ever going to be great all the time. And hopefully we're not mm-hmm. just trash all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I think that's just all kind of part of it. You know, and we're that's that's who we are as people. Like we have our good days and our bad days, but as long as we're always trying to do better and be better, mm-hmm. I think that's what's important. Well, and you can't really do better or be better unless you are authentic, which means really getting real with yourself and that's right. really understanding yourself on a on a different level because you can't really um, be your best self unless you recognize who you are and where you need to be and where you came from well yeah because I've I've been in places in my life before where I was living a lie like I was not my authentic Mm -hmm. self I was not being who I was supposed to be you know I was uh, being what I thought other people wanted me to be Mm -hmm. and there have been times also when I didn't come to terms with who I really was Mm -hmm. like I was in a bad place and like I wouldn't even admit it to myself and, you know, and you can't you can't become better as a person unless you admit your faults and, and, and recognize your weaknesses mm-hmm. yourself and identify them because then you can't change that about yourself if you don't admit, you know, it's kind of like, what is it they say in AA? Like the first step is to admit you have a problem. Yes, yes. It's kind of like that with any mm-hmm. anything that's a, a problem. You know, you have to if you want to change it, you have to 
like identify and admit it first. So yeah, our recorder just blinked here. Does that mean that it's gonna? I don't think so. I just changed it out. Yeah, we've had we've had a little bit of an issue with our recorder. I think it's user error more than anything. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, this has a lot to do with um, something that I think is relevant around the holidays. We, I think we touched on this in one of the previous episodes pretty recently is, um, I think, relationships. People encounter difficulty and, and are around people maybe that they haven't been around um, in a while. And also, I feel like for me, I feel like the holidays can bring up like kind of a like bring things to a head, I guess, because it's like the start of the new year. And then, of course, like you said, sometimes people are trying to get close to people or trying to do things together. And I feel like that it is really a good time to work on relationships. Yeah. And we're going to talk about like actual equality in relationships and friendships. Oh, wow. That's an important and that's super important. Yeah, because I mean, I think we could talk about relationships and good ones or friendships and good ones. But to be really specific and talk about really specific problems that you may have And I myself have been in these types of relationships and friendships. And I know a lot of people who who have and are still in them. They're very unbalanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's one sided. Oh, yeah. It's not mutual support and and kind of, you know, two people going 50 50 and meeting in the middle. Yeah. I think it's easy sometimes for one person to kind of take on the responsibility of making sure a relationship is good or a friendship is is good you know and 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 strangely enough friendships and just relationships like romantic relationships or family relationships they're all very similar in Mm -hmm. the way that they're made up even Mm -hmm. though you know they're different in some ways they're they're all very similar so they kind of all can be grouped together when it comes to the things we're talking about. But I think it's really easy for one person to take on like the brunt of the responsibility and the work mm-hmm. to make the relationship what it should be and to kind of put the effort forth to do the work. And they're always kind of picking up the slack, yeah. you know, and I mean, that's not good for either party involved. No, because we talk a lot about enabling and the problem Obviously, we can recognize quickly the problem with the person that's the giver, right? But a lot of times what people don't realize who are givers, that they're also enablers a lot of times. They, they, they're not doing it on purpose. They're probably just trying to, you know, give and be a good person. But that, that really enables the behavior to continue if this person is not meeting you halfway, if you always pick up the slack and that was a hard lesson that I had to learn because I have I tend to try to be a fixer in all my relationships. And then I'm guilty just as much because I'm also an enabler. If someone is not giving or meeting me halfway, then if I'm always just okay with that, then of course it's going to continue, you know? Yeah, I've, I've been in those relationships too where um, – I was the one, I was the giver, and I was the one always trying to make the relationship work, friendship, romantic, you know, family, all of the above. And now I'm at a place in my life to where it's easy for me to identify that and say, oh, no, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. No, thanks. I don't have the time or the energy to, like, have to do everything to keep this relationship alive. Because, like you said, enabling, 
it's not, it's easy to say, oh, I'm the giver. I'm the one that, that, you know, I just see the good. I want to make it work and I want to do this. (laughs) You're enabling enabling. poor behavior. And then also, that's not always the good way to be anyway. Like a lot of times you're, okay, for instance, like years ago, I looked at myself and I thought, why do I always choose people that are broken and I have to fix? What is it in me that makes me feel like I have to pick pick broken people to have a relationship with and that I have to be the fixer like why am I not choosing people that are Mm -hmm. that are healthy like whole people within themselves like that you know what is it like there's something with me that I always choose those types of friends or romantic relationships you know Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times you have to even if you are the giver and you're the one that wants to fix everything you have to look at yourself and say okay why do I choose these kind of broken people? Like, I'm not saying you should, you should try to help people and it's okay to try to fix people, but not when it enables them to have bad behavior or if it wrecks your life and causes wreaks havoc in the mean, in the meantime. Well, and those unbalanced relationships do wreak havoc, havoc on the, on the person I feel like that is picking up the slack and it's very unhealthy for you. And like for me, um, I always said I chose broken people because I myself was broken. And I think there's something about, you know, everybody's personal journey is different. But for me, it was, I think it made me feel better if I was around someone broken because I was broken. And I think we tend to do that. Like we, we tend to gravitate. (laughs) Yeah, we gravitate towards the people that make us feel okay about whatever it is that's going on or whatever turmoil we're, we're in, point. you know, to some, sometimes real chaotic people get with other really chaotic people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's not always the, a good thing either. And we're going to, we're going to touch on that a little bit, but um, being in an unequal and uneven relationship is, is really hard and it's not good for either, either party involved. So I think a good place to start, like you just, you just delve into that a little bit is analyze it. Yeah. You know, analyze the whole situation. Yes. It's great to self-reflect and say, why did I choose this person? Is this person just maybe different than me? And really analyze if it is an unbalanced relationship, because Mm -hmm. sometimes we can put ourselves in another person's shoes and realize, well, we're not unbalanced. We're just different. Like maybe I'm a texter. And they don't like to text. So I view them not texting me back or responding shortly or whatever as them not giving. Whereas it could just be the difference in the people. Yeah. Or maybe I'm always making the plans because I'm the one that likes to go out and they're more of a homebody. Yeah. So you really do have to analyze that and put yourself in the other person's shoes and make sure that it is unbalanced and it's not just your perception. So I think that's a, a good place to start. I agree. And it's easy also to look at ourselves and think that we're doing everything right. Mm -hmm. And if we're just looking at it from our perspective and not really kind of backing up to see the whole big picture, it's easy to let yourself kind of feel sorry for yourself and say, Mm -hmm. well, I'm doing this and I'm doing everything right. I'm doing Mm -hmm. all the work and this person's just not reciprocating, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, it, yeah, I think it's great to look at it, like walk in their shoes for a minute also Mm -hmm. and see what's going on with them. Yeah, that's why it's so good to analyze and self-reflect so that you won't jump the gun. Chances are you probably know before you even get to the analyzing because chances are you've analyzed your whole friendship for a long time. Yeah. 
and you probably have already done the analytical part of it. I mean, if you haven't, definitely do it. But because there are just relationships that are unbalanced. Yeah, it might be perspective, but there's chances are if you're feeling that way, there's a reason and you've probably analyzed it quite a bit and it's up to you to do something about it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say this too before we kind of delve into this. You know, I, I, I do believe you should be a person who wants to help others. <clears throat> and there are a lot of broken people out there. And I do think that you should be willing to reach out to people and to help them when they're in a bad place. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who need help and that are broken. So, but this is the way that I always like to look at a situation and a person. Okay. If it's a broken person and they need help, are they helping themselves? That's the first thing to ask. Like, are they helping themselves? Because, you know, you can take a person who doesn't have food to eat, for instance, and you can feed them and feed them and feed them and feed them. But if you teach them how to grow their own food or how to make their own food, and they're not willing to to do put that work in, and they just want to sit there while you feed them over and over and over, that's that's not cool. Mm -hmm. So while I think that you should not just give up on friendships and relationships, and you should be there for people and try to help them also identify if they really want to get better or help themselves. Help yeah. themselves. No, that's a very good point because that's the problem with trying to be a fixer is that Sometimes a person's not helping themselves. You're just helping them. Well, and, you know, we're talking about inequality here. Do they want to be equal in the relationship or do they want you to be? Do they want you to keep being the fixer? And to, no, you know. no, because in the types <laughs> of relationships we're going to talk about, they don't. And that's the problem. If you truly identify this as an unbalanced relationship, it's because it is easier and it's because... It is more about them. And that, again, like you said, that's something they have to work on. You can't work right. on that for them. All you can do is communicate, identify, communicate, and let them know. And then you have to kind of set your boundaries accordingly and like stick to your guns about stuff. But, you know, if you are in that truly unbalanced relationship, they have the good end of it. And right. chances are they like it. <laughs> well, well, and, you know, I do think there are people like there are people who do want to and will become equal. Like a lot of times people just need you to point something out to them and say, Hey, which I think we're going to touch on this, mm -hmm. but I do think there are people who don't mind stepping up. A lot of times they're just in a bad place or they don't know how they need to step up. So, but don't, don't lose yourself in the process of trying to bring someone else up to, being equal in a yeah, relationship. I mean, the hopes the hope is is that even if someone is enjoying the unevenness of the relationship because they kind of have the good end of the the situation, the the hopes for this in general is that everyone will be the kind of person that says, "Wait a minute!" If you point that out and you yeah. have communication and you recognize it, then hopefully they are the kind of person that says, "Okay, well, I can change this, and we can, right? You know, we can work together on this." Um, so yeah, analyzing it, I think that's the first thing you need to do because we obviously want to be clear and have all perspectives be open-minded going into it. 
But how about let's just maybe talk about what an unbalanced relationship looks like. Yeah, identifying it. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. So um, one thing I found is that someone who is very unequal in a relationship, the one who is like the life sucker, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's mostly about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like everything's always all about them. It doesn't matter if you're telling something about yourself. They find a way to always bring it back to them. Mm-hmm. That's like number one, I think. Yeah. Like, have you ever talked to someone that you tell them about an emotion you have and then somehow that becomes how your emotion makes them feel? <laughs> you yes. know, you, they can't concentrate on how the emotion makes you feel because they're they're ready to tell you how your emotion makes them feel. Right. And that's fine. Sometimes you have to talk it out and you have to tell people how you feel. But if you see that imbalance, like you can't ever just have an emotion or a feeling without it turning into being about them, then that's a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it can happen before you even realize it too. Like you could be trying to talk about how you feel, but then the conversation somehow ends up about how they feel. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's weird how you could not recognize that if you're not really looking for it. Right. Right. Well, also they tend to be an emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. Like you feel exhausted <laughs> when you walk away from yes. them. They've like, sucked every bit of energy and emotion. Yes. Yeah. You feel like you need to sleep for a week after you're mm-hmm. away from them. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to analyze. How are you feeling when you walk away from this person? Mm-hmm. Because we'll, we'll get into like what a good relationship feels like too. But you you definitely should not feel exhausted and drained. And like you said that you have to take a nap right. when you walk away from someone all the time because that in itself is you know I mean it's just exhausting and you shouldn't have to go through that to be in a friendship or a relationship well something else that these people do is they will tend to lose interest in what you say really quickly like they want to talk about themselves <laughs> and what's going on with them all day long but if you start talking about anything that's going on with you or bring up an issue or anything then like they look at their phone or they're mm-hmm. like not interested anymore they change the subject on something about them again mm-hmm. which can be extremely frustrating yes and they can cancel plans again because i think it's more about them they can p- cancel plans pretty quickly without really caring mm-hmm. you know obviously we all have a life and we all have things that come up then we have to cancel plans but if they seem very aloof and not not very concerned that they cancel plans with you, I mean that's just that's just inconsiderate and a lack of respect for your time and your energy, and again shows a lack of interest in how you feel or what you want. Well, you know, in all of these things, at some point in a very healthy equal relationship, some of these things are going to happen. Like you said, sometimes you're going to have to cancel plans. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's it's going to be all about you because you're going through something and you need to talk it out and you need that emotional support. So just because one of these things or two of these things are going on, like that's okay. We're talking about like if this is the standard in the relationship and this is how it is 99% of the time. 
Yeah, there's plenty of times when you sit down at dinner with a friend or, or, you know, you're getting together and the conversation is more about that person and what's happening in their life. Maybe they're having some trauma or some difficulty at work or something that they need to talk about that. Obviously, we need to be there for one another and be able to give of ourselves in that way. But if you find yourself three meals later and 12 meals later and you walk away and you think, well, we mostly just talked about them and their problems in their life then that is a problem because it does need to be a check and a balance, even if they're going through something or even if you're going through something, you need to make room for them to talk about themselves and they need to make room for you no matter what you're both going through. Well, true. And like you should never dismiss other people's feelings and they should not dismiss your feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and people who, um, you know, are on the unequal side of the relationship tend to dismiss your feelings and mm-hmm. always turn the conversation back to them. Mm-hmm. It's always about them. And they don't have room for anything to do with what's going on with you. Because they really don't. They tend to be self-absorbed. And they don't. They're not really interested in what's going on with you. They're soul suckers. Is what I like to call them. Well, they want to have the attention and be praised. But they rarely return the favor. Mm-hmm. You know. If, if someone is perfectly happy, if they're always being praised and talked about, but then you notice there's not any returning, like praising you or lifting you up, then again, you know, you need to think about that because we all need encouragement. We all, we all need to be de- praised and lift, lifted up when we accomplish things or when you were celebrating something or just to feel good about ourselves. And that's one of the things that friendships and relationships should do for you I mean they're not going to be that way all the time but Mm -hmm. you you connect with people because it makes you feel good and you're happier and you know it's it's supposed to be something that brings you joy right and doesn't just uh make you feel bad about yourself yeah yeah well also a lot of times these people will like feed they won't really care what's going on with you but they will feed on like your hard times and your sorrows They have like a savior complex where they want to swoop in and be the good person that comes in and saves you. Now, they will pay attention during those times a lot of a lot of times, but it's only because that makes it about them because they come in as the savior and then it makes it about them again because they fixed everything when you were going through a hard time. Well, yeah, and I definitely I call that savior syndrome because you have to be really careful about these types of people because that's a very narcissistic trait because it's tricky. They look like they're really helping you. And maybe they do. Maybe Mm -hmm. they swoop in and they help you every time something's wrong. But if you'll notice 99% of the time, a person will talk about that again and again, how they swooped in and how they saved you and how they were there for you. And again, that is them making them helping you about them. And also, if they tend to veer towards that narcissistic personality trait, it's because it makes them feel better about themselves that you're going through sorrow and hard times. We don't like to think about that and and acknowledge that sometimes because we call that person a friend. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's it's very true and very real in some situations. And you have to really be careful with that type of person because they they can start to make you feel bad about yourself and maybe even codependent they your your self-esteem will start to be lacking because i guess the sorrow and the sadness is always very um emphasized yeah but if you notice those types of people 
don't tend to be your first cheerleader when something really good happens. Right. And that's very sad because we all need someone to be there for us when we're down. Of course we do. And that's great. But if that's one-sided like that, Mm -hmm. then I feel like that's that's a real issue. Well, yeah. And a lot of times they'll also um, only praise you and your actions if it's something that you're doing for them. You know, like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you, you'll they'll they'll talk like you're the best thing in the world if it's something that you did for them or that you do for them. It's not like if yes. you're out doing your own thing or doing something for somebody else or you're like really killing it at your job or, you know, killing it with your business or, or you know, have a great relationship with your husband or your kids or whatever it is. They're not going to um, praise you for that. They're going to praise you for what you're doing for them. Isn't that crazy, though? It's, again, making it about them. Like, yeah. like you're such a good friend because you did this for me and this for me and yeah. this for me. Yeah. You know, and of course, it's great when people are grateful that you do things. But to only show gratitude and praise when that's when it centers around you Again, that's a problem with that person. And it's good that you call that behavior out because it's better for them. They'll learn to grow or or they won't. But (laughs) hopefully they do. Yeah. Well, I mean, those those are the things, like I said, you know, everybody is going to have one or two of these sometimes, you know, but these are like traits that you're looking for. This is like this is identifying. These are the things that you're mm-hmm. going to use to identify a one sided relationship. And most of the time, if it is a one sided relationship, they're going to check off a lot of these boxes because they're mainly interested in themselves. Yeah. And an unbalanced relationship is so bad for your mental health. Obviously, you're not just trying to judge somebody and call out all their flaws, but but you have to really look how that is making you feel because we all have to take care of our mental and emotional physical health and it can really take a toll on you you can feel exhausted drained if that goes on for a long period of time it can turn into resentment because you resent the way they're making you feel right and you can also develop trust issues because you feel like maybe you can't trust that person to be the friend to you that you are to them right and so that all of that is just very it's very bad for you and ultimately bad for your friendship or relationship anyway yeah well and i think one of the first things you should do is once you identify that that you are in an unequal relationship Mm -hmm. is is communicate about it like talk to the person and just say like this is how you make me feel or bring up whatever it is you know I, i have a friend and one time she was she was texting me and she said you know you never you never make plans with me and you never reach out and you never do this mm-hmm. and I just said to her well do you mm-hmm. like neither do you so why can you point your finger because I haven't been in touch with you you haven't been in touch with me either and it was like she realized oh you're right and she acknowledged that and then was different but you know a lot of times you know we're all busy right with our lives mm-hmm. and a lot of times I'm I mean I'm not the best at this I'll go ahead and say this is something I have to work on Um, You know, staying in touch and reaching out to people because I get busy and a lot of time goes by and we're all guilty of that. But if you look at it and you're always the one reaching out, if you really are the one that's always reaching out and you're the one always doing everything and that person's just not reciprocating it, you know, that that'll make you feel really bad. And 
you need to communicate that to that person, whatever it is that's going on. You need to communicate whatever the problem is and just see what kind of feedback you get. Because if it's a person who wants to equalize the relationship and wants to step it up and be on an evil, even playing ground with you, then they are going to talk to you about it. Even if, even if they feel a little offended at first, because maybe they're not, they weren't aware that they were being that way. If, if they want to, you know, step it up, then they're going to, they're going to talk to you and they're going to step it up. If not, they're going to get angry. They're going to get defensive and you're, you're going to notice really fast when you try to talk to them where they are in the relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing about long-term relationships, uh, which is obviously what most of us want. We want, you know, lifelong friendships and, and good relationships that last, you know, a lifetime with our spouses and things like that. Um, and you, if you are going to have a long-term relationship, you're going to have ups and downs. So, you know, communicating with someone about something that's maybe unpleasant where that, you know, basically you're, you're maybe criticizing something they're doing. It is hard, but sometimes those people don't know, you know, like, like sometimes they, they don't understand what they're doing from your perspective. Now, sure. They're probably not going to change it because like I said, they're getting the better end of the deal and you probably are going to have to be the one to point that out. But if this person is someone who wants to evolve and is developed in some ways, it's going to ring true to them, hopefully, when you talk to them. But they're never going to know if you don't tell them the problem. That's a hard conversation to have. And I know, especially people who don't like confrontation and, and don't feel comfortable a lot of times talking about the hard stuff, it can give you a lot of anxiety. But if they're your friend, if they're your companion, if they're someone close in your life, hopefully... They will appreciate the fact that you talked to them about it and gave it a chance to change rather than just walking away or getting mad or getting resentful. Well, and also don't be afraid to ask for what you want out of the relationship. You know, this is something I had to learn the hard way. You know, a long time ago, I just expected people to read my mind, basically, as Mm -hmm. dumb as that sounds. I really did. Like I expected them to be a certain way and to know how I felt and to know what I wanted because I was living in some romantic fantasy in my head. And then one day I woke up and I said, wait a minute, like they're they don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. They don't have a clue what I really want. And it's really only detrimental to myself to sit back and expect them to try to figure it out. First of all, it's unfair to me. It's unfair to them. So how can I get upset at someone when I never really told them what I wanted, you know, and, and a lot of times it's hard for people to ask for what they want out of a relationship. It's not easy for everybody to do that, but it's very important. Like you just need to be clear on your expectations and what you expect and what you need. Well, and if you don't tell someone what you want, then they're going to assume what you want and they're going to assume that their behavior is okay because you're not speaking up and saying, this is not okay with me. This is what I actually want. This is how your behavior makes me feel, you know, and and nobody's perfect. I mean, I know that even the giver in the relationship, you probably have issues too that you need to work on just because you're maybe the giver maybe you need to like you said the beginning look at yourself and say why do I feel like that I need to be needed so much right you know that's a good that's a good point like why do I need to be needed so much by this friend and feel like I 
need to be in relationships where I have to work so hard. So I think that communication is always, whether it's hard or good communication or whatever it is, communication, you can't go wrong. No, you cannot. So yeah, communicating that and, and really putting that out there. Now, a lot of times you will get a negative reaction. Yeah. And it is okay to take a step back. You know, a lot of times if you're a fixer, you will think you need to continue on to talk about this or text this person. It's okay after you have that, if things don't go perfect, to take a step back from that relationship. Don't text. Don't call. Give yourself time because I feel like in those moments where we give ourselves time and space, things become a lot clearer, you know, forest trees sort of thing. Right. Because you you give yourself that break and you give yourself permission to step back. You Hopefully your friendship's not so fragile that if you step back for a few weeks or ever how long you need to, that it's over. And a lot of times I feel like if you give that person that space, it gives them a chance when you're not reaching out to say, maybe they can see things clearer as well. Well, and it also, when you step back like that, it gives your emotions a minute to settle down. Because when you're right up in a situation or, you know, things aren't going right or you are feeling that huge inequality in a friendship or a relationship, you your emotions a lot of times can get the best of you because you feel hurt or you feel angry or whatever the case may be. And if you give yourself some time to step back and just kind of simmer down, Mm -hmm. then you can refocus Think about things a little more clearly, you know, because emotions, something I learned a long time ago, emotions can can really destroy you and they can restore destroy relationships because when you say things and do things based off of just your emotions, a lot of times you say and do things that you wouldn't normally do were you in your right, clear headed, level minded self. So stepping back just gives you a chance to kind of put all of that at bay and and just relax a little bit like you said you know step back because a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees so and chances are after you have those hard talks that you are probably not going to handle things the same exact (coughs) excuse me oh my um you're probably not going to handle things the same exact way and I'm just going to like, so I, I've had a lifelong friend, Amanda, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. <laughs> we have gone through a lot of ups and downs and we've had a lot of fights and we've had a lot of things. We've had a lot of great times and a lot of not so great times. And one of the things we used to when we were younger, I like to think we've evolved to some degree now that we're in our 40s. But we used to have these fights because the way she communicated and the way that I communicated was very different. Well, then we'd be getting another fight because she would be like, you're so confrontational because, you know, I would just throw everything out there and not really think about it. And then I would be like, you're so passive aggressive because you're saying the same thing I am. You're just doing it in a passive way. The real truth was, is that we were like she was being passive aggressive and I was being confrontational. But sometimes when you communicate based on depending on how developed one is or the other one is or your maturity levels or just the way that you handle things differently, it could cause another fight. So be prepared for that. You can communicate and it can make other things come up. Because sometimes people will lash out if you tell them something about themselves 
they want to tell you something about yourself. So that stepping back (laughs) is like, okay, like, let's step back. Let's take a break from this because you didn't process it the way that I would. And I didn't process it the way you would. And like you said, it just lets your emotions calm down and lets you really think about what just happened. Well, more than once in mine and Steve's relationship Mm -hmm. in our marriage, I have said we've been in the heat in a heated discussion or argument. And I have said, give me a minute. Mm -hmm. I just need to walk away from this situation Mm -hmm. because I'm about to say or do something that I'm going to regret. And so, you know, in the past, I've said and done things I regretted. So I've learned now to just, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm going to just I'm going to do that backup. You know, (laughs) I always like I don't know if if any of y'all watch New Girl, but uh nick nick like he's very awkward i beth actually got me started on that show and it's hilarious but i like to do this sometimes like and when he's in an awkward situation and he wants to leave he just kind of backs up and does his hands this weird little motion (laughs) nick is my husband i swear (laughs) like it makes me laugh because he does all of those weird weird little things that like it just makes me laugh but that's such a good show if you're not watching it you should be yeah it's hilarious but yeah i like to do the nick back up and say wait a minute i gotta step out of here (laughs) But um, but yeah, uh, stepping back will do huge things for you. Yeah, that is that's definitely something good. And you know, you you want to make sure that after you've had communication, if you come back for further communication, also make sure that you make your intentions clear. You know, not you're not threatening this person, but you want to say like, if I don't get this out of this relationship, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome to tell me what you need. But my intentions are like, I don't feel whether it's I don't think that I can be around you as much or I don't think that I can continue this friendship or I don't think you've got to make your intentions clear about how it affects you and how if it continues to go that way, what it's going to do to your relationship, what it's going to do to you, what it's going to do to, you know, even the other person, because Sometimes, like I was talking about with like me and my friend Amanda, you can communicate and then kind of lose focus about what the other one needs and what you're yeah. really trying to get to. Yeah. So I think that just to make sure that your intentions were clear after you take a step back is a good thing. Like even saying, my intention is to have a better relationship right. and to make it better. It doesn't always have to be negative intention. It can be. But what I'm saying, just make sure that it's clear right? once you've both taken a break and taken that breather. Well, and also be prepared when you throw out your intentions and what you need from the relationship. <clears throat> what is wrong? Why, why are we? We have frogs in dry, our throats. I think it's just the dry, cold weather. Do you ever feel like you get a little more like definitely like dry, like, like yeah. my nose and my throat and all that is just way more dry with we, the heat? We really you know, need a humidifier up here, though. I we thought we about need to that. put a humidifier up here. I listened to one of our other episodes that we had to edit because we had some technical difficulties. So I was trying to listen back to it to see if it all came together like it should have. <laughs> yeah. And like we were coughing so much and I thought, yeah, that I think I think our we probably need something like that. Cause you know, we we sit by the fire and yeah. the anyway. Well this time subject, of the year, but, yeah. Okay, yeah. We need to a um, uh, uh, mental note, get a humidifier yeah, for our no office good. so we don't sound like dying frogs <laughs> on our podcast. Okay, so what I was gonna say is when you tell someone what you need and expect from a relationship and you tell them your intentions 
you have to be prepared to hear that from the other person too and make sure that you're willing to give them what they need out of the, the relationship and that you understand their intentions if they do, in fact, communicate those to you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you and I have had to do that a lot. Yes. You know, I think people assume because we do this podcast together and we're in business together and like we hang out together that that we just always get along and everything. Oh, I agree with you, Christy. I agree with you, Beth. We are definitely not that way. You know, <laughs> not at all. I mean, we're we very different in a lot of ways as yeah. much as we're alike. We're very different. And we have had some I mean, we've had some confrontations and some had to talk about had to step back from one another you know we've been through a lot of that ourselves so like we we're speaking from experience just with each other yes and we're super close but yeah we've Mm -hmm. had some I don't want to say knock down drag outs we've never physically fought except when we were kids but oh, yeah, we used to beat the hell out of each other when we were kids. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? Like we were, we, we were, were violent. Yeah, like, we were so rough, and yeah, I mean, we were kind of tomboys anyway. Yeah. So I think we were maybe a little bit more rough than the average yeah. girl anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just, oh my god. Yeah, and I was bigger, so I would kind of slam y'all around more than more yeah. than y'all did me. I think. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've all had our we've all had our <laughs> knockdown dragouts, but I think about that sometimes. I'm like, oh my god. God, we were, we were, we were rough. God, we were, we were rough and tough, though. Yeah, I mean, I we we were tough kids. Yeah, y'all, we don't we don't physically fight anymore. <laughs> when I say fight, I literally mean like verbally or like whatever. We don't we don't physically fight. But um, yeah, but even what the point you were making, I think, is like even the closest. Like I consider you and you and I extremely close, mm-hmm. but even the closest relationships <clears throat> go through those times where you're gonna disagree and you're gonna have the hard times and yeah you and you and I have had plenty of those but we you know we we do we practice what we preach we're yeah we're way better than we used to be and I mean we're I don't I wouldn't say that we're people who fight all the time we have had fights but um I think we've we've learned to navigate one another's personalities and and the way that we communicate and I think that's really important to understand right, how the other person communicates yeah. and really what they need when it comes to communication. As long as you're communicating, you know, <laughs> yeah. everybody's going to have a different way of doing it and handling right. it. But Well, we've grown through issues and different things that we had to work through. And, that, you know, that's the important part is that you that you grow that you're still speaking after you go through those hard yeah, times. Yeah, you grow together. Yeah. You know, you you go through those ups and downs, but hopefully you're coming out the other side with your friendships, relationships, and all of that healthier and better for it. But so while we're talking about that, let's just talk about what a healthy friendship looks like or okay, a healthy let me, relationship let me make looks like. One quick point before we go into that. Okay. There, we talked about talking to the other person. Sometimes it's good to talk to someone else too that you trust because maybe you need to bounce what you're saying and how you're feeling off someone else because maybe they having not like a dog in the fight as they say that they don't I don't believe in fighting dogs but that's just to say (laughs) it but anyway um, I think that that sometimes that's really helpful I just wanted to throw that out there because sometimes like Maybe I don't need to talk to you. I need to go talk to someone else I trust and get a different perspective and talk to someone who's not so emotionally involved in the situation. It's a very good point. You and I do do this with other people. Like, for instance, I will talk to you if I'm dealing with something with somebody else 
and I need to talk to them about it, I will use you as a sounding board a lot of times Yes, because I do trust you and I do know you're going to give me good, solid advice. And if it is something that you don't have a dog in the fight, like you said. Yeah. Because, you know, it's so much easier for someone, even you are, your emotions are probably heightened because you're in this and you're in the trenches. So you can't be as objective as maybe you would like to be. Well, that friend, that friend can easily be objective. They're not going to be subjective like you because they're not going to have the emotion in it and they're not in the middle of it. So I think that's very helpful, but um, sorry to stop you. I just thought that would be good to throw in there that it doesn't always have to be that person that you're talking to. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times when you, when you speak with someone else about it, they will help you get a little bit of the emotion out of it and look at things a little more logically so Mm -hmm. that when you do talk to that person that, that you're in the relationship with, you will have a little bit more of a level head and you will have kind of figured out exactly how you want to approach it in a, in a, in a way that you think it will be most helpful and how you can communicate your feelings to that person, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Now, now that you derailed me, sorry. um, let's talk about uh, what a healthy relationship looks like. I think first and foremost, trust. Because I always say I've made this statement about a oh, wrong one. No, wrong Gosh, one. Get your sound effects right, Christy. <laughs> Gosh, Finally, sorry. Third time's the charm. So, like I always say with Nevada and me, I feel like if we keep like two or three key things in check, that there's a lot of subcategories that yeah. will take care of themselves. Um, trust, because if you have mutual trust, even when you communicate and it's bad, you trust that everything's going to be okay. You trust that if you tell them something vulnerable, they're not going to exploit that and use that against you. You trust them to be loyal to you, to be respectful to you. There's a lot that trust encompasses. So definitely to me in every relationship, trust, trust, trust. I agree. Another huge one is just honesty. Mm -hmm. Like I can't deal with dishonesty I don't like a liar no 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 and you know it's easy for us I think a lot of times just to tell little white lies and even in a relationship a lot of times you don't want to you don't want to confront something but that I mean honesty is huge in a in a good equal relationship because lying is just not worth it and you know you tell one little lie or you you know pad the truth then it it keeps getting like out of control well, and that destroys trust, you exactly. know, like it, you can't really have a trusting relationship or if one or both of you are being dishonest. Right. And let's face it, we've all lied. And I, I feel like we tell those little white lies all the time. I mean, think about the lie. Are you OK? Yeah, I'm fine. That's a lie. You're not fine. You're upset. <laughs> You're, you know, like that's that, a lie. Yeah. Just just a little quick story. Someone asked me not too long ago, we went to a Christmas party and it was the first time I'd taken the baby out to something like that. And she said, how are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm good. And a few minutes later, we, she pulled me over to the side and she looked at me in the eye and she goes, now, how are you really? Oh, that's and I was good, like, that's a I good like, person. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then I really just got honest, yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, honesty, what you said, I mean, dishonesty just destroys trust. That's why it's so important to be honest. Well, and lying is one of those things that's so unhealthy for you. And yes, I know that we've all lied. It's not justified. It's not right. We probably shouldn't. We should probably just all be honest 
with with one another. But if you lie the first time, it is definitely one of those things. It's easier to lie the second time and the third time until eventually you're lying to yourself and you will find that you really don't have any any real trusting substantial relationships if you're lying all the time. And that's what's sad is is liars tend to be lonely people and people that don't feel good about themselves because probably no one trusts you. Or if you're lying and you have people snowed under, you feel that. You feel like they don't really know the authentic you because you're lying. Well, the bad part is, too, is is a person who lies habitually, they lie to themselves and they get to a point to where they've told so many lies, they don't even know what the truth is anymore. They have a hard time themselves even identifying what the truth of a situation is. And they've lied so much to others and even to themselves that they they don't even know what the truth is anymore. They believe their own lies, which is extremely dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with, with situations where someone will actually tell me a story back that happened between me and them. And it's not even that's not even the truth. And I'm like, you can't lie to me about that because I was there. But I really <laughs> yeah. think that's a form of delusion that they really start to see things that way because they have been so dishonest about a situation and not seeing things for what they are. And so, yeah, I mean, don't be a liar. (laughs) Um, Equality, that's kind of what we're talking about. right? You know, I mean, equality, you definitely want to, you can have trust and you can have honesty, but you can still have inequality in a relationship where one person's putting in more and the other person's putting in less, and that just becomes the name of the game because that's how it's been. So right. equality, always check your relationships for equality and make sure that there's a give and a take and a meeting in the middle. Well, and also independence. Like, you know, I've been in codependent relationships, yes. and they're they're really dangerous. And um, being independent is, is a huge, a huge thing. Yes, because... For instance, the kind of relationship we're talking about, the person that you're, we kept saying enabling, they can become codependent on you always fixing their stuff and you can be codependent on being needed. Yeah. And I know that sounds crazy because you would think the giver is not codependent, but honestly, you will get addicted to that toxicity, which is a very unbalanced relationship well yeah and this goes back to each person being you know healed and a whole person like you know you shouldn't have to have somebody else to make you feel like a whole person you should you should you know grow to a place in your life to where you are a whole healed person on your own so that you feel totally okay having your independence and you shouldn't have to have another person to make you feel no, you complete me stuff. I, I never liked that line because I'm like, complete yourself. I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart. Don't get me wrong. Same. I love a cheesy romance Same. movie. And deep down, I love those stand outside the window. And, 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 you know, I love like I'm totally a hopeless romantic, even though most people probably wouldn't know that about me. But that line of you complete me, the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, you needed to complete yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know 
know it sounds crazy, but it really, like you said, you shouldn't need another person to make you a whole you know, person. I mean, they could have said you compliment me, but that would not have been <laughs> nearly have been as romantic. No, that would not have been nearly as romantic. <laughs> but in all reality, that's the way it should be. Like mm-hmm. a relationship, you should compliment each other, not mm-hmm. like, oh, you look beautiful. You can do that too. Yeah. But compliment each other in a way to where you know, your strengths and your weaknesses and everything, like you compliment those things mm-hmm. and make each other better, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, anyway, well, I and some I brain think, fog cause I didn't sleep much less. I was up with a baby all night uh, last oh. night. So if I say something and like the dots don't connect just try to try to ignore that. <laughs> Look, uh, there's so many people that have been there that yeah. I think that so many of our listeners who have had children and have been a parent who is sleep deprived. I don't think anybody, I know I'm not judging you because I, I remember those days. It's been six years, but I remember it like it was yesterday. It is hard to string a sentence together. Sometimes well, sometimes I think you don't realize too, how exhausted you are. I told you earlier, like I came home yesterday, I'd been working in the office. You know, it's only like the second or third day I've done that since I had the baby. And I had a great day. But when I got home, I didn't realize how exhausted I was. I just laid down and was just like out. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah, your body just does that. When you're so exhausted, you just, it's going to crash at some <laughs> point. So yeah, we understand. But I mean, a- another thing that that is very important that these other things didn't really cover is is compassion. Now, hopefully, if you're in a trusting, equal, honest, independent relationship, you automatically have compassion. But sometimes you do really have to intentionally be compassionate because someone may be going through something that you don't understand or you haven't been through. Right. So really showing that compassion and really listening. Don't be that person that's just waiting for them to shut up so you can talk about themselves. It's easy for all of us to do that because innately, I think we're all a little selfish and we like to talk about ourselves and we all like attention. But I think that really being intentional about being compassionate towards the situation goes a very long way in a relationship. Well, and I like what you said, really listen, Mm -hmm. because people can listen without listening. Mm -hmm. Like they can sit there and hear everything that you say, Mm -hmm. but they haven't really heard you because their brain is somewhere else. And I really think that is a huge component of a healthy relationship is both of you learning to listen, really, really listen so that you can communicate. Because if you're not if you're just listening and not really paying attention, you can't really communicate. And that's that's huge in a successful equal relationship is good communication. Well, and you kept saying, listen, to me, listening and hearing are two different things, because somebody could be like, yeah, yeah, I heard you. Right. Well, that just meant you heard my vocal box put something into your ear, into your brain. You might be able to repeat everything I just said. But did you really listen? Did you take a minute to feel what I'm feeling, to Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? And those are just two totally different things. So be a good listener. Don't just expect someone to listen to you. We have to be good listeners. Yes. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, these are these are ways, hopefully, that you can save a relationship. You can, if you're the one who's not stepping it up, say you're on the other end, you know, we've been p- speaking from the perspective of the fixer, but maybe you're listening to this and you are, you're the one in a relationship with a fixer and you're being a slack ass. <laughs> well, and you, I've been that. Step Even it up. though I'm a fixer, I've had my friends have to call me out 
And we've gotten into it before Same. because I just because I'm a fixer doesn't mean that I do everything right. I mean, my personality can can be, you know, not I can do things wrong all the time. And I have exactly. And so, yeah, from that perspective, I can speak from that perspective too. try to listen to what they're saying. It's hard when you get criticized and you may be um, your first reaction may be to criticize them. But it's like a try to, mechanism yeah, a just try to listen to what they're saying, because ultimately, chances are you both want this to work out. You both right. want and you don't want to be a selfish person and you don't want to be a person who feels like they're taking advantage in the friendship or relationship. So be open and open to listening and realize that, you know, you're, you're maybe not doing some things right, right, too. So right, right. And at the end of the day. If you've tried all of this and a relationship is just not working, sometimes you just have to step away for your own health. You just have to step away from a situation or a person. Well, it goes back to that asking yourself, why are you in this relationship? Because if you've checked off a bunch of the things on the list to say, oh, yeah, they're doing this and they're not doing this and it's really unbalanced. And then you still talk to that person and you still try to care enough about the relationship. Care? You try to care about that relationship. It's different than caring (laughs) if you care. But yeah, if you if you checked off a lot of those things and then you've gone as far to communicate that to the person to tell them that you want the friendship and that you want to save the friendship and they still don't respond, then you should not feel guilty for stepping away and (laughs) and doing what's best for you because you first of all you have the peace of knowing that you tried Mm -hmm. and you gave it your best shot and if you really feel clear about that you you don't have to guilt yourself for for realizing that you've either outgrown a friendship or you're not getting what you want from a certain relationship and you you just have to move on well and you know what sometimes you step away and say okay this is i can't do this anymore or this person is just not responding or they don't care you know, who knows, 10 years down the road, that person may do some growing and they may be able to come back into your life in some capacity. Absolutely. That happens all the time. Yep. You know, I mean, even in even in lifelong relationships where you're very close, you can go through spells where you're not as close because maybe one or both of you need to do some growing and some reflecting and then, you know, come back together at a later date. So, That's right. That's right. Just just think about, we're talking about cheesy romantic. Think about all the cheesy romantic movies where they were apart for like 10 years and then 10 Don't years later that? they come back together and it's like everything is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, anyway, I love all that cheesy stuff. I mean, I don't always live it, but I, I, I'm, I'm a secret... Um, I'm a closet hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a closet hopeless romantic. You just romantic. told I just, everybody. I just said it, but anyway, yeah, I love. I love that crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> oh. 